Hey everyone, welcome back to Fearless as Fuck the podcast. I'm your host, Christina Lauren. If this is your first time here, I just want to give a big welcome. We've had a lot of new listeners joining both here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube lately. So just wanted to reintroduce the podcast if you have never been here before. We originally started this podcast with a lot of women empowerment type podcast episodes talking about what it takes to really build up your confidence if you've ever been in any particular kind of traumatic situation or through hardships in life and the journey of what it's like to find your voice again and build yourself back up to live in a world where sometimes it's kind of hard to find your strength after you've been shot down and had your spirit broken. And after those podcast episodes had aired, the podcast evolved a little bit and we started bringing on more of a diverse group of people both women and men to share their stories of pain to power and how to transform the hardest parts of your life into really powerful parts of your testimony so we have all walks of life on the podcast now but today i have a very special new friend of mine dr leslie kalen on the podcast she actually has her own podcast here at sticky paws she is also a nurse practitioner and i am so excited to talk to her today so I wanted to give you a big welcome. Thank you so much. It's amazing to be here, of course, on this side. Yeah. <laughs> so just for those of you who are new to my podcast and have never met Leslie before, she just started her podcast here called the Level Up Podcast. And I was lucky enough to be her first guest on there. And it was so great. I felt like I was talking to somebody I've known for years. Our backgrounds are so ironically similar from the things that we've been involved in growing up to our relationships to the messages behind our podcast and I thought it was so amazing especially because you know there aren't a lot of female solo podcast hosts that I know and it takes a lot to sit in a chair and voice your truth and your story and your message and when you can find somebody who has a really great message to send that just wants to help the community thrive I think it's really important so why don't you go ahead and tell everyone about what your podcast is about and kind of your story that led you here to Sticky Paws starting Level Up? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So my my podcast really is about helping people, bring bringing inspiring stories and practical tools to help people on their self-evolution journey, making it more efficient and effective. There's a lot of gurus out there, spiritualists and personal development people and and therapists and all of the things that talk about, you know, evolving and getting better and developing ourselves, which are very great. But being the kind of super nerd that I am, I'm always about the practical tools. Like, okay, but how do you meditate? How do you do an affirmation? What does that look like? How do you put that into your daily routine? Um, you know, it's it's about the there's the abstract concept that a lot of people talk about you can just google all day long you know how to meditate but what does it feel like how do you do it how do you get into that state like there's so many like sub steps to be able to actually apply a particular strategy so it's probably my ridiculous amount of education and research that i've done where we're looking at the um conceptual and then the actual Right, and so I'm always just focused on okay, how do I take this, make it practical and very easy, like dummy proof, so people can really start getting moving on their self evolution journey because we're evolving, and this is an amazing and important time in our human evolution. Like we are expanding 
tremendously and people are hungry for more and to live more authentically and with love and to manifest and we're tapping into this more expanded capacity is what I feel like there's this this sort of if you will like an awakening or just people are stirring for some reason we're just seeing it everywhere right and with my crazy journey I have just I knew when I was five that I needed to heal people. I actually told people when I was five years old that I was going to be a brain surgeon because I thought at that time healing the brain, because the brain to me and and to our even now, when the brain is broken, like the nervous system, we can't repair it, right? And so I thought I'm going to be a brain surgeon because I'm going to fix the impossible. And little did I know when I went down my medical journey, it had nothing to do about actually being a surgeon. It was about helping people take control of their mindset their, yes, their physical brain, their connectivity, their programming, their mental health. Um, there's so much that feeds into it. So I'm really so passionate about helping people have the tools to just live their happiest, most blissful, authentic fucking life possible. That's it. And so my journey oh my God, where do I even begin <laughs> to get me to this place? <laughs> I, I feel like that's always such a crazy thing to get asked. Even when I get asked, like, where did this all start from? I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't even know where to start because where I thought my evolution journey started, that wasn't even the root. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like my traumatic breakup, which I thought was the catalyst to being shaken so hard that I had no other choice but to change. Yes. I thought that was the start, but it wasn't because once you realize what that did, you dig deeper and realize like what puts yeah. you into that position. And you're like, okay, maybe that was the root of it. And I realized that a lot of it had to do with my childhood. Mm -hmm. And not that I even had some ridiculously hard childhood. I mean, everyone's trauma or everyone's situation is relative to what they've experienced mm -hmm. solo. But when I dug down to what I experienced growing up that led me into those relationships, that was reflective of that. So when yeah. I think about your story, was there anything growing up besides those ideologies from being, being a little kid, knowing that you wanted to help and heal people that maybe put you into positions to wake you up to things that you never really thought you'd experience? Right. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> You're laughing. I'm laughing. <laughs> oh, again, where do I begin? So um, it all started at 10, 10 a.m., May 2nd, 1983, <laughs> when I was birthed, basically, when my mother squeezed me out of herself. Um, no, I literally, since I can remember, I was always different. I just never belonged. I never fit in anywhere. I felt like I wasn't even from here. Like I didn't understand people. I didn't understand humanity. I was very much, um, I wanted to love people. I wanted harmony. I wanted peace. And I didn't understand all of the meanness and the anger and the um, just, I didn't understand any of it, yet I took it all on. I didn't realize as a child how sensitive I was and how much I took responsibility for other people. And I wanted so much to have them happy especially my family. My, my father struggled a lot with um, mental illness and um, depression and anxiety and some OCD, which I have, you know, I have 
battled with at times as well in my journey. Um, and just, you know, my mom was the strong woman in the relationship in the household. And, you know, my dad would go and he would had his own business. They were both very entrepreneurial, but he would go work away in the, um, in the, like the oil rigs and whatnot. And he would do construction stuff in the winter. And it would be my mom running this household of three, you know, me and my two older brothers. And they came from parents that were from the Ukraine and they had kids to work the fields in the farm. Right. And so my parents just kind of didn't know how to kind of do the whole family loving doting regular thing not that they weren't loving it's just they were like okay you have your kids and you just work and you do your thing and it's kind of you you're self-sufficient so um i had a lot of time to think and overthink and um just feeling like i was by myself because my two older brothers they were very much together um all the time so i just i always felt like an outsider and I didn't belong. Like I said, I couldn't relate to people and it was very over emotional. Um, so there wasn't like one particular thing. I just always felt like I fucking didn't belong and I didn't know why and it hurt. And I hurt, I hurt a lot all the time. And I tried when I was, God, when did I first start? I was still in I was still, I was in the, the, we moved to the big city when I was 10, called the big city from the small town we were, I was born in. And I read my first book on Zen meditation when I was probably 13, 12, 13, because I just thought this experience that I'm having does not feel right or normal. There, there is something more to this life. I didn't know what it was. I couldn't grasp it. I couldn't get there in my mind. But there had to be something. And so, you know, just the regular sense of not belonging kind of pushed me into needing to seek more. My, it's like my soul just knew or my mind knew. I just, there was something more for me to experience and know about life. And, and then it just kind of, I immersed myself in my athletics and figure skating and then I went to ballet and I danced ballet in a small professional company as sort of an escape and to help me feel connected with myself and I loved it I love dance I love the expression I love passion I love all of those things and um, it was also very therapeutic for me as I was trying to figure out who I was and what the fuck I was doing in this world and you know what what I was here really to be do and experience I think dance, <clears throat> excuse me, I only relate to that so hard because I danced forever. And I too kind of felt like that growing up because I always felt things really hard. I didn't know what being an empath was. I didn't even know that was an actual thing, but I always felt like I was a sensitive kid or, you know, I just was really emotional. And as I grew up, I started realizing that that was actually a really good trait to have as long as you know how to you know, operate and how to control that and how to like compartmentalize that and have boundaries and know when to not take on extra energy. But before you learn all those things, it can be really painful. Oh, yeah. Like really, really painful. It's obnoxiously. Yeah. I, I work with so many people who are 
empaths. I don't even, that word is like hard I for me. I was just going to say, <laughs> I don't even like using that word. So I don't even use word empath because it's so negatively charged. Spirituality is negatively charged <clears throat> as is love. When people talk about love, they think love with someone else and the whole codependent, you know, whatever craziness. So those three words, I, I have to be very careful using with certain people because there is so much hurt and wounds just in Triggering. humanity about that. Mm -hmm. So totally on your page with that. So I really like to use the word sensitive, even though sensitive isn't the greatest thing because people think sensitive is weak. But empaths, I just, it does suck to feel so much because you feel like you have to save people. And empaths or the sensitives, you know, we're very much wanting to heal people. That's what we're here for. The problem is we have so much wounding in ourselves, so much pain in ourselves from just our own existence or however you believe that we acquire so much of our our stuff that we're born with. Like in my case, I really do feel that there was some sort of imprinting or something that I, like there, there were childhood, I guess, situations that, that perpetuated my need to find myself. But the moment that I was born, like my parents were like, you were just different. You were so lovey and giggly and quiet and just attentive. You were so deep and, and just watching all the time, like from the moment you were born, like you just were a different kid. So I, I feel like when people are going through this sort of understanding of their sensitivity to other people, it's really, we need to heal and really discover ourselves and learn that boundary, learn what that means, who are we? And find out how to manage ourselves before we can do our job as an empath or sensitive or whatever, you know? And we, no one teaches you that. Like there could be a whole other segment about schools and what children need to learn. And that's a project that I'm gonna be working on later on in my life is, I mean, we, we need to be taught so much as children that is not being taught in traditional school about emotional intelligence, about spirituality, about knowing who we are and how we function in the world and how we make decisions, you know, intuition and all of those things because those skills we're learning when we're later in life. Many people are in their 20s now learning to be more self-aware. And But you have 20 plus years, if you're lucky and you start doing it when you're in your 20s, you have all that those years of conditioning of being not self, of not knowing boundaries. And that perpetuates this whole like childhood trauma and all this pain that we have. And and to be honest, and this might light some people up, but this is my analytical brain. This is how I come up with new theories and concepts. You know, how much of our childhood really is from nurture and our experiences and how much is it our just not not being how do I say this I feel like I feel like there is certain sort of programming that people come into this world with mm -hmm. right 
on some level. There are things that we need to learn that it doesn't matter what our upbringing is, we're going to have to learn them, right? You could have the perfect family, the perfect situation. Your parents could be amazing, but you still have your shit you have to go through, right? Um, on the same note, I feel like we're, there's so much conditioning in the world that we're not being taught how to tap into that authenticity and work through that shit at a young age, that it's just perpetuating all of this, you know, these unawakened, you know, challenged, conditioned people in the world that are unhappy and miserable that we're seeing. Does that make sense? Yeah, we actually just this last week's podcast, we talked to George, one of the producers here at Sticky Paws and Ricky about because George did um, special education and worked with students with emotional disturbance. And his ideologies behind the whole thing were that there are so many students who get looked over because they're quote unquote troubled kids yeah. in school when in reality, one, the demographic of those people, of those students is way bigger than we would ever imagine. And the amount of students who get put in those classes for extra help is a fraction of actual students who need the help. And those troubled kids actually might not be troubled. They're just not getting the assistance that they need. And it's actually doing them a disservice. And we were using Ricky as an example because George straight up looked at him and was like, you were given up on. Yeah. And it's interesting because he went into talking about how those things are not talked about in school. There are unfortunately a lot of teachers who are just doing it for the paycheck and the job mm -hmm. and the benefits and everything, but are not completely invested in their kids mm -hmm. and who are, you know, passing off kids who are hard to deal with as troubled and not giving them the attention. And so right. his, his um, argument was that they need to be taught more of these things, positive affirmations about themselves. Mm -hmm. Most of them had a big character image or a big, I'm sorry, a big self image character flaw because they didn't see themselves as good people or they didn't see themselves as what they really should see themselves as. They were seeing themselves as I'm a bad kid. So yeah. immediately it's putting this label on them and they're continuing down this path mm -hmm. without being taught how to meditate and how to get their stress out mm -hmm. without how, without being taught how to manage the mania that may be going on in their head to calm them down. Rather than that, they're stuck in a class with 10 other kids who are just like them and they're put away from everybody else and they feel more ostracized. So I think that plays a huge part. Absolutely. I mean, my, my daughter has some emotional dysregulation and it's something that she was very much born with. Like she was sassy to the mm -hmm. nth degree from when she was little like she literally before she could even talk came she, out of the womb she would be giving me <laughs> looks like this like literally i have one from target she we were on the spinny chair she was like 13 months old could barely even say anything and um i was telling her not to not to spin because you're gonna get your fingers caught which she did she smacked smashed him in but she gave me this look like <laughs> like it was Right there. I mean, that just tells everything. She's this beautiful, smart, powerful, like loving, amazing girl who's becoming a woman. And she's just like battling so much with all of these big emotions. She wants so much and she's got so much passion. I'm so sorry, love. You have so much of my passion yeah. and drive in you in this little tiny body and this this mind that just can run circles around anybody. Um, 
so we had a difficult time understanding her and the complexity of her. And thankfully, she's in a school in a situation where we've been able to get her the help that she needs to understand herself. And we're very encouraging of her. Yes, she's she's come a long way with her behavior. She used to be very physically aggressive and very verbal, and she knows how to push every single one of the buttons. It's kind of hysterical. She's you know she she's so smart like that. But when she was in preschool, they wanted to throw her out because I was getting divorced at the time, and she just did not have that outlet, and she was labeled a bad kid. Yeah. And the next school year too, she had challenges, and she was labeled a bad kid, and they were wanting to do all these extra programs or put her, you know, another school. It doesn't, we needed to just focus on understanding her and give her the tools that she needs to cope and help her not feel like a piece of shit because yeah. she wasn't. And, and it was so easy to get into that just because you're not the same as everybody else. And yes, you, she's more emotionally strong, but you know, you harness that in the right way, and these kids, these people become... They thrive. Oh, they they are the the world changers. Well, and fast forward, too, you're saying that some of us just learn these traits at an older age, and our evolution is fast-tracked. Even though yep. we might be in our late 20s, early 30s, whatever age you want to be at, something happens, you have these realizations, and all of a sudden, you're evolving. You're evolving at like a really fast rate, and like you, you may have a message, you're like, I need to get this out there. Yeah. So what would you say, because I know we don't have a ton of time, unfortunately, and there's so much I want to go into, but what would you say for somebody who is going through an awakening moment at this point in their life and they are continuing to evolve and are trying to fight the boundaries that society is putting on them as a woman evolving in a community where we're being told that maybe trying to be too much of a boss in our own life might not be the most feminine thing to do? Do not stop. Do not stop. Just keep going. There is nothing sweeter than your freedom. The freedom to be you, to be authentic, it feels so fucking good. And that even is not to say that you're saying freedom and you need to be alone forever kind of freedom. Never find a man or woman to share your life with. That's not the kind of freedom I think we speak, We either of us speak on it, but it's the freedom to know that You've done everything for yourself and you have your own back no matter what happens. Absolutely. That's exactly it. It's, I mean, I, I love love. I am a lover. I, I love connecting with people and having my relationships and my business colleagues and my girlfriends and, and all of the things for me authentically, that is my freedom is my freedom to just create however I want to, with whoever I want to, and whatever capacity that looks like. And, and that includes having men and, and love in more of a romantic situation. So it's not, yes, freedom is just the freedom to express and create that feels right to me. And that includes love, that includes all of the things. There's no limit to what we can have and create. That's the problem is that people feel that they need to be limited and they don't. Once you really break through to that other side and realize, really, I can have all of the things that I really want. It's like, what is 
like, why would you not have that? Why would you limit yourself? So yeah, it's all the things you can, you can create whatever you want, whatever is authentic for you. That's the freedom we're talking about. The freedom right. to self-express, the freedom to be you, whatever that looks like. Plus man, minus man with whatever. And it's okay either way. That's it's a, the thing. Exactly. Plus or minus, it's, however feels right to you. Right. I yeah. think the most frustrating thing to hear is that you can't have both. And I do know, like we've talked about, there are struggles of being a woman in a male dominated business space. And it will, it will always be like that. There's just some things that are looked at a little bit differently, but I really, really feel like you can have both, both your business and healthy relationships, both being a feminine woman and being a boss in your own life and knowing when to use your masculine energy for its greater good and when to also know when to turn it down. But having that protection to know when to do both takes a really evolved woman. Absolutely. And it takes a very evolved man to be able to do that as well. And that's where we're at. You know, we were talking before um, we went on the air about sort of this shift that's happening. You know, women have been evolving for quite some time. We're very much invested in personal development and, and we've just kind of got a to a point in our evolution where we're living more authentically, we're tapping into these capacities in us that it just, we weren't able to, or whatever reasoning you want to fill in the blank for. And, and so now we're wanting and expecting more from our lives. We want to just be us. That's all we want to do. We just want to be authentic and live our, our authentic life. And, and, we can be feminine in a relationship. We can be feminine whenever we choose to and also balance it out with our masculine sides to be self-sufficient and 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 feel the joy and the amazingness of being able to create. You know, that's that's an amazing thing to be able to create that independence. That that's exhilarating. And to have a man who can also tap into his feminine side. That's a touchy word too. Oh my yeah. God, femininity in a guy. This is not about being a bitch or a beta or whatever the, f you know, fuck, you know, the guys talk about. This is about being able to be soft and appreciative of a woman who can hold her own. It takes a very, very strong man to do that, to walk by a strong woman. You and know, not we don't want to feel intimidated by that. Intimidated or threatened. Trust me, been there, done that, have many, many experiences where, you know, a guy thinks that, oh, I know what you want. I'm like, well, you just met me. I highly doubt that you know what I want. <laughs> you yeah. know, I can't, can't be bought. I don't need things. I don't, you know, whatever. And um, I've had some really great experiences dating too. And I'm still friends with some of the guys that really were able to stand by me. And they're really, really dear wonderful men to, to me and my, and very meaningful, but it's, it's a very interesting time because we are on the forefront of this sort of, I call it a new human. You know, we're, we're evolving. Evolution does not stop. Okay. We can evolve positively. We can evolve negatively. Evolution changes the only constant in life, but are you going to be you know, how are you going to use that? Right. So yeah, it's, it's a balance. We need to have women who can do their evolutionary duty as we are and men who need to evolve as well. 
right. in the positive direction. I feel like that is an entire other episode. And I want to touch on that with you because I feel like you're a great person to talk to about that because you see the balance of both without having to put any buddy down. And I think that's the really important thing of things. So thank you so much for sharing that opinion. Um, I have so much to talk to you about. I'm so excited to have you back and this will not be the last episode with us. So make sure you guys follow Dr. Leslie Kalen on her Instagram and also follow her podcast page, level up podcast. I'll make sure next level, the next, Next, the next level podcast. (laughs) We will link all of her information below and Stay tuned because we will be doing another episode on that last topic and so much to cover. So we will see you guys next time.